Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Post in Black, where we celebrate Black excellence behind the lens. My name is David Hunter Jr., and I'm excited to be your host today. Today, we are thrilled to have with us Bobby Banks, supervising sound, dialogue, and ADR editor. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, we're excited to have you joining us on Post in Black. Uh, and as a custom to Post in Black, before we start, we always like to start with a icebreaker. Are you okay with that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The icebreaker I have for you is if your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would play you? Oh, what genre? Oh my gosh. I want to say it could be a thriller. Hey. <laughs> There's been a lot of bumps and and challenges along the way um who would play me ah that's a whole nother um well you got me on that one uh I don't, there's I don't, a lot of choices yeah there's, there's no there's a lot of choices i know i threw it out there uh wanda sykes <laughs> why wanda sykes because she adds a lot of she has a lot of co comedic uh responses i think uh, i think it I, love it. I love it you know there's there's two reasons i love i love it for wanda sykes she went to hampton university uh, uh a, a, a dc a dc woman and also she actually uh she actually is on a great show which i think is hilarious the upshaws on, on yeah. netflix so i really yeah. think it's funny so that's that's a great choice I, yeah. I want to see this movie. I want to see this movie now. Between a thriller and a comedy, I think it would probably work. Right, right. Well, no, that's a good little insight into you and your life. But obviously, we want to find out a little bit more. We're going to dive into the career and the technical side of everything that you've done. But would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, where you grew up, and uh, what it is that you do? I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up in the Southwest. Um, I went to New York when I was 17 and uh, was there for about 15 years and started uh, my film career there um, before moving back to L.A. Uh, in 86. Um, and so I'm a supervising sound dialogue ADR editor. And for supervising sound, it's like, you know, I um, oversee all the sound of a film post. So it's after everything has been recorded and. So I oversee the dialogue and the effects fully, not the music because there's a separate music editor. Um, and then we go to the mix and, you know, then it's a collaboration with the re-recording mixers. So we're the last people to work on a film before it comes out. Um, as far as ADR, that's <clears throat> automatic dialogue replacement where the actors have to come and do their lines over again, or we have group people in to pretend like they're the people that, say maybe in in the background of a cafe or a concert or whatever like that um and they pretend like they're the people in the film <clears throat> and um and so i go through the film with the director picture editor and we decide like what lines have to be done or if there's lines that they want to add and things like that so that's kind of an enough. And then, and then what I do is I write everything down. Then I go on the stage with the actors and um, work with them to try to get the best performance from them. Then after that, then we edit to the picture. Then we go to the mixed stage. So that's kind of yeah. it. 
Yeah, no, we're going to dive into that one thing. One thing my ears perk up about is I I, I do a lot of voiceovers and huh. ADR is a world that you want to get into, but it's like a secret society. You're like, hey, where's the door <laughs> to get over there? And it's like you're either in or you're, you're over here. And you know about it. So that's that's a fun that's a fun thing that you get to work on. And then you're the last one to work on the film. So you get to kind of mold it and put the final touches on it. That's that's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's it's um, rewarding, I would say, mm. because we, you know, you get the the film in one way, and then by the time we work on it and add all the sound and everything and the music, and then it it has a whole nother flavor to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, it's pretty rewarding, I think. How do you get started with that? You know, you you you're born in Los Angeles. You're moving around. You go to school in New York. You're back. What was it like? What made you actually want to get into entertainment? It was totally a fluke. <laughs> um, I got a job at Sound One and I was um, executive assistant to the owners and assistant bookkeeper. And so I actually did not. And, and it was at a studio where they had um, a recording studio on the second floor. They rented editorial space for film. And they had a Foley stage and a mixed stage up on the eighth floor where the offices were. So I had no clue about anything. And so I would go sometimes on lunch and go to different departments to see exactly what they did. And I wound up um, going into the sound effects library. I met a lady named Roberta at the time. And um, so she had headphones on. I was like, oh, let me just see. And so she so she would just play there was quarter inch tape at that time because it was in the 80s and so um and i was like oh my gosh these are like effects and so um i would go and then i'm going on my own and then i had a splicer and i said man there's like this noise here let me see if i can get that out so i didn't ask anybody if i could do it i just did it and so it turns out that i was actually cleaning up the sound effects library and didn't even know so I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this because I like challenges. And at the time they said, okay, well, if you want to do that, we're going to cut your salary. And so I was a single mom at the time. And so we're going to cut your salary like $50. I'm like, okay. So they didn't think that I would say, okay. <laughs> so I did that and I went to choose effects for clients. Um, then I went back to administration then I, um, the machine room is where they have the mix stage. So I wanted to mix, but at the time they're like, it's going to take like five to seven years for you to, to do this. And when you're young, it's like, this is way too long. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to go, well, we will let you try for a mix tech. So since I had no training, I didn't go to school. I had six weeks to learn like patch bays and like technical stuff and how to thread a, a projector. And I had my little notebook and I wrote pictures and I did all this stuff. And after six weeks, I learned how to do it. And I ran my first mix with the mixer. Wow. And so I realized at that time, like I was technically inclined. So then I was like, oh, maybe I want to try to do editing now. So then what I did was I quit after a year because I got bored because you're just sitting there waiting for a machine to stop or something. And so then uh, I handed out my resume and it took me like three months to get a apprentice job. 
And uh, I worked on Desperately Seeking Susan, which was Madonna's first film. Um, and that was my introduction to sound editing. And it was six weeks. We worked like 80 to 100 hours a week. So that was like my introduction to sound. And then I just had really good, you know, good teachers and stuff. And um, then I kind of gravitated more towards ADR. Okay. And I had a really good, uh, Beth Bergeron was my teacher um, here when I got back to LA. And there I would just watch how she handled, you know, the director and the actors and what she heard and things like that. And so again, I like challenges and, you know, yeah. I see people a lot. And, and so then, you know, I just been doing ADR for a really long time. So. Wow. That's incredible. I'm going to touch on a couple of things there, but I already have the title of your, of your film with Wanda Sykes. It's called six weeks and three and then and, and three and what, you know, 180 hours, you know what I mean? You got <laughs> 180 hours of Wanda Sykes. And that's the Bobby Banks story how you made it. Right? <laughs> this, this is really impactful. Um, one of the things I think that jumps out and I, I could go a few different directions, but What's the what's the biggest skill set that you think was an asset to you to really working in the industry? Because being so young and getting the opportunity to work and then believing in you and then you actually doing the job, what do you feel like was already in you that helped you with the job and, you know, get it so easily or so quickly? I think just the drive and not afraid, you know, like if anybody said, no, we, you know, we don't have a job or we, you know, not right. We're not hiring right now. It's like I just push forward. You know, and because in, in New York, starting off in New York was different because, you know, you walk everywhere, you take the train everywhere. Right. So you you have that you already had that kind of go in you already. And so I was able at that time, I would just like call people or go to the cutting room and ask if they, you know, if they had any openings. Right. So that kind of set me up for when I came to L.A. because L.A. is different. Everybody's in a car. Right. And at the time there was like no posting where things were. So you just had to really go and meet people, you know, and that thing. So I would say that I just, if somebody said, no, there's another door open somewhere. Right. You just, I just don't give up. And like I said, I just like challenges. And also I'm like a, a people person. Okay. So I think that, you know, one, another thing too, is just studying people. Right. Mm -hmm. And trying to um you just kind of you have to kind of know what kind of day they're having like really quickly mm. and how kind of to respond to people and so i think that's another um skill that you have to have yeah i think that's really really great points that you made and a lot of times we talk about with posting black is is being inspired and having that perseverance and then also being relationship-based industry yeah sometimes too you're inspired by people who look like you. Like, you know, growing up, I would see, you know, Denzel in a movie and I say, man, I want to do that. I like the way I feel when I go to a theater and come out when he's in a story. Mm -hmm. when, when, you're, when you're starting out, was there anybody that you could look to and say, oh, she's doing that. Oh, I like that. Or, that, you know, maybe there's a something, there's a slot in there for me. Uh -huh. Was um, there anything actually, like that for you? Actually, no. <laughs> there, you yeah. know, there was very few. There was only, um, I think at the time, Kevin Lee was uh, African American sound editor, supervising sound editor. Um, as far as 
uh, persons of color. Uh, Bruni Torres was another one. Um, and those were the only, you know, people in myself. Um, and so if I'm looking for somebody that looked like me, I think that um, it would just be those two people. I think yeah. that the community um, at the time was a big help, you know, very supportive, um, especially when I started off as an apprentice, you know, everybody, you know, just having fun. It was a lot of teamwork. And, and so you really kind of didn't, it wasn't like me looking for somebody that looked like me. It was just doing the best job that I could do. And so I think it was just a, a little bit different for that. Um, I understand. Yeah. So I guess one thing that in jumping forward, even to now, what is the biggest change? And I know I'm jumping over a, few, a lot of things we'll touch on, but what's the biggest change that you feel like you've learned from just starting out as an apprentice to now with all the films you've worked on, you know, even some, I saw some in the credits like Poetic Justice, which, you know, Tupac, you know, I just, yeah, I just went to the Tupac exhibit down here in, in LA, uh, the Wake Me When I'm Free. And so just seeing that picture of that with the film with Janet, what is, what have you learned in that, in that time frame that you feel like it's like, oh, I'm still doing this. This is still translating from that first time in those first six weeks to now years later. Hmm. Um, I think that, um, teamwork is a big, is a big thing. Um, it's not about, for me, it's not about competition with somebody else. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, helping the story, helping the, the story maker, helping the, the director, the team that you have communication is like a big key. I think that, um, over the years, you know, just like I said, working with people and learning people very quickly, learning how to respond in like some difficult circumstances that you might find yourself in, you know, where you might have somebody that's yelling, you know, somebody who yells at you or, you know, just some weird kind of situations and to really um, try not to take things so personal. A lot of times it's not personal. It's whatever they're going through that day or that moment and trying to then take that and turn it around for the best outcome that you can have. I see. And and in that regard, what are some of the challenges that you feel like are still in the industry? Because I'm sure over the years you mentioned there's nobody that really looks like you when you're starting out. Has <laughs> that even changed? Are there still, you know, doors that still need to be broken down, you know, opportunities? What what are some of the challenges that you still see? In, in your field that maybe you're working to still, you know, rectify. So somebody coming from behind doesn't have to go through those same barriers. Yeah, it's uh, it's still prevalent. Um, I think for sound, sound is one of the, one, the, one of the areas that still has to change a lot. Um, I, I think I could count on maybe two hands for sound between here and New York still. Um, I think there's more, um, persons of color in television than there is film. Why that is, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think that um, there definitely has to be more barriers broken. For women, it's a, a lot better than it was for women from the 80s to now. Um, it, it's just a, a male-dominant field, which I'm not quite understanding why that is, but um, certainly, you know, a lot of times now lately what we're doing is um, we have panels that we're involved in. And so we go to underserved areas, we go to different schools, because what happens is 
a lot of times the youth don't even know what a sound editor is. They don't know what a music editor is. They don't know what a Foley person is. They don't know what we do because that's not ever been presented to them. So I think right now, I think with the time that we've spent in the industry already, the thing that we want to do now is help the next generation up. So, you know, I'm heavily involved with with doing panels and stuff. And I'm on several committees at the Academy and the TV Academy. Um, so that, you know, that's one of the things that I'm really focused in at the, at the moment. So, yeah, that's actually, you know, and again, people listening and watching, they've heard this uh, repeated for me multiple times, but with my brother, that's part of the mission, you know, providing exposure when he was starting out being 22 years old, he was like, man, I'm the only one in this room who's black. <laughs> and I'm like, where are the black people? And so literally just cold emails, cold calls. And next thing you know, he has mentors that are getting him onto sound stages at Warner Brothers and sound stages at Sony. And and we we used to actually keep all the passes when he got to go on the lot because it was a big thing for us. Yeah. It's like, man, I got to go to Warner Brothers a day. But what you're talked about in terms of it's never being presented. You don't you don't know about a job if it's not not shown to you. You know, a lot of times in entertainment we see the actor. We're starting to see more, you know, oh, the director. Okay, cool. And then a producer, but I don't even think really a producer's role has been defined. People are like a producer, it's just a nice title, but they don't actually know what all entails. So exactly. going to break down those barriers in the schools, I think is really, uh, really a big key, big yeah. key. Now, now talk about, talk about where you are right now. You know, th this, this career has kind of translated from all the, all the startup, all the work, what gets you joy? to work and do the work you're doing today. You know what I mean? Obviously it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be something to still keep you excited after all these years to want to continue to do the work. What is that thing that keeps you going? I just like to help the director with their project, right? Like just giving them the best that I can give them. Right. And, 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 and what, what, what I like is, um, I'll just say straight out of Compton just for. Yeah. So straight out of Compton, you know, you have the big concert scene. Right. And then the shots of the things are fired. Everybody runs. They go, the guys go through the parking structure. They go outside. There's like a riot going on. Right. So the thing that, that one of the things that motivates me is, I want the audience when they see it to feel like they're in that space. Mm. So whatever I can do, how we record the group with the chants and the screams and the way that you edit it. Yeah. I want them to feel like, you know, they're having a party. I want them to feel that when they go outside and, and they have the riot, like they have the people yelling on top, yelling at the cops down that are then, you know, handcuffing everybody and you just want to feel that you're there. So it just, it's like, ah, look what I can do. You know what I mean? It's like, how can I help escalate this so that the audience has that experience? You know, yeah. or if um, I'll just say like a league of their own, cause that's one of my little favorite areas and a league of their own, the no crying in baseball scene where Tom Hanks comes in. So are you crying? She goes, no, 
Right. So the thing is, <laughs> I wasn't the ADR supervisor, so I didn't shoot it, but I cut it. And mm. so the thing about the crying is like, you have to get every, like her movement with her mouth, the little quivering and, you know, her breaths and all this. And so it's like so intricate, right? So those are things that I, it just motivates me, right? Like, I do this. How can I add this breath? This doesn't work. That works. And so the outcome of it all is what still motivates me. I, I, I love that. And I, I no, I, I felt the excitement. And then the way you were explaining it, it kind of put me right in the seat of straight out of Compton. I remember seeing that in the theater and I, you know, it was such a big thing and I, I, I loved it. And so being able to create that atmosphere that that's that's storytelling that's 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 filmmaking that's that's all that's what it's all about would you say i know i said i may talk about this a little later but would you say that's been like one of your most memorable cuts or pieces or was there something more memorable that you worked on i think every project is memorable to me because every project okay. is different but i will say that poetic justice was my first adr supervision job and john hired John hired me uh, for ADR supervisor and Greg Hedgepath, who we we team up. He's also, he's African-American as well. And so we've done like 45 projects together, but it was the first one. So the thing is, at, there's a scene where Tupac and Janet are sitting on the side of the hill and there's the water and the wind and everything. And because of all that noise, we had to re-record every single line in that conversation. And so I was like so nervous. <laughs> and so by the time, you know, because the thing is you have to get the emotion from the actors. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to have them feel comfortable with you that you're going to actually cut what, is going to be their best performance, right? And so, and you got to get the sync right, you got all this right. And so, by the time um, we did the recording, edited it, mixed it, I don't think that you could tell that it was redone. And so, that was my first, like, oh, I could do this. All right. So, I think that that would be my first memorable moment because it was my very first one and it actually worked out really well. <laughs> Oh my god. That that is amazing. And I, I love hearing stories like that. And then to have it to have your first project be on such an iconic, iconic film. Yeah. What I mean, I'll ask you, what was there any were there any nerves? Was it like, can I do this? You know, you, you felt it at the gym, but like what was it like when you got the call to say, Oh, this is gonna be the gig to work on that? I um we, we uh had the interview with John and uh Bruce Cannon, his picture editor, and I was like, oh my gosh, we got the job, right? And then, and then <laughs> when you're on the stage, because I had been on the stage with the person who mentored me, right? But now I'm the one going to be on the stage with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, you can't be like a stargazer. You can't, you have to realize that they are people just like we are. Right. And so you just have to get that comfortability with them, you know? And so um it was uh it was pretty cool you know yeah yeah what what advice would you give to to people who are coming up in the industry especially in in, in, your, in your field as well 
who are still kind of waiting to get that that first job, that exciting job to to start that career mm. or trying to get into it. Because you know, this this industry is not it's not easy. It's a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance, like you were saying earlier. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And sometimes people can feel like they're going up against a wall. Is there anything that you can say to to, to encourage or, or give them to try to keep going in the midst of everything? Uh, uh, again, again, the perseverance. I think that also if you meet somebody that or if you have a mentor mm-hmm. that can just encourage you along the way and give you advice, you know, and not, and don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Because the more questions you ask, then people really realize that you are, you're serious about what you, what you're trying to do and pursue. Um, keep calling people. If, mm-hmm. you know, um, if they don't respond or calling or emailing, um, if they don't respond after a while, then just move on to go to something else, but just don't give up. Um mm-hmm. A lot of times when I'm on panels and things like that, I give out my email address and things like that because I I want people to know that they can reach out to me, right? That even though I might be on a project, I'm still not too busy to answer a question or to give encouragement. And I think that that's one thing that, you know, we really need to do more of to help, you know, people, the the next generation coming up. Yeah. If and and speaking of that, now I give two more things here. What what would you like to see happen in the industry in terms of you know obviously you talked about increasing awareness for for you know younger people in, in college, high school. What would you like to see increase in the industry in terms of more more black people, more women um, in the future in the coming years? Um, I you know like like I said, with letting people know what jobs are out there that everything, every, the important jobs are not just to be, I shouldn't say just, not only to be an actor, not only to be a director, not only to be somebody that you just see in the front, but there's all these parts in the background and it's okay that you don't, that you're not seen. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so many people, there are animators. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that artists that, um, our storyboards artists, right? And so people don't know that there's a storyboard artist. You've got somebody um, like say in, in Alabama, a guy who's a good artist. It's like, oh my gosh, he could be an animator. He could create a character for a game or something, do you know? And so yeah. it's just like you just introducing these jobs to these it just it gets it just gets me because I know that there's so much talent out there that they don't even know what they could do with in their life, you know? Um, So I would like to see more, uh, more panels. I'd like to see um, kids being able to go to studios to see what people do. I'd like to see more of us that have been in the industry for a while to mentor these kids and to really be serious about it um, and not to be, um, we just need to to care more about the next generation, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and, no, I, and I'm sorry I to really understand that those jobs behind the scenes are just as important as the ones in front. And I think that I'm a, a thing about like the BET Awards, the NAAC Image Awards, that if you're talking about an image, 
you need to also highlight the people behind the scenes, not just the people in front. And I think that that's part of the challenge. So that would be, that would be awesome at the BET awards and NAACP awards to see our, 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 professionals behind the scenes highlighted even even the ones that work to put those shows together yeah you know what i mean that cut and edit and do all those things so that i think that's a really strong point there um there's so much we could talk about but i guess to to get you out of here on this what is something that you're working on that we could be excited about to stay up to date what is it that we're you know you're, you're doing now um if anybody can keep in touch with you like you said your email social media you're on that okay um, my, uh, right now I'm working on Chevalier who, uh, it's about Joseph Bologna, who was the black Mozart in the 1700s. Never had a clue. I didn't wow. know. And so it's like, I'm getting chills, right? Because it's a great film and it's, you know, it's, it's great to work on a story about us. Yeah. You don't always get to do that. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. you've got other people that will work on these ones um, that are about us, but we don't all the time get to get to do it. And so I'm real excited. It's a Fox search like film and it uh, comes out this summer. And um, so that's what I'm currently working on. I think, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I missed the other. Yeah, no, no, no worries. And now I was going to ask you one other thing, but actually just to touch on a point you just made, do you see, because sometimes we hear, uh, people in post may get pigeonholed to only being on one particular uh, type of project. So it's like they don't get to do everything. Like I'll get all the I'll get all the the BT films. I'll get this. I'll get. But if I want to work on Disney, if I want to work there, I don't get the crossover because they're like, oh, Bobby only does this. And obviously, you've had crossover across the board. But is there still something done or something that needs to be done there as well to like open it up so you're not just seen as like the black post professional yeah and and the thing is it's like i just work right and i work with white people i work with all sorts of people right but people are like oh you can only work on i had a guy one time who thought i we had a conversation and i'm like well you have me training all these people but then you hire them you don't hire me and so he goes i go do you think i can only excuse me work on booty call movies and (laughs) He he said, you know what? Let me get back to you. Three days later, he got back to me and he said, you know what? I have to apologize because in the unconsciously, that's what I thought. And I and then we became the best of friends after that because he took the time to really look and at himself and what he really thought. The challenge for us is that black people don't hire black people because They always think that black people don't know what they're doing, right? That's the old adage. Mm -hmm. White people don't hire us because they don't think we can work with white actors, right? Mm -hmm. So we get kind of caught in the middle, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate. So it's still a challenge, you know, and it's like, we just work. It doesn't matter. Like I could work, walk in a room with all, you know, non, white people i hate to say that but yeah. walk in and they'll smile and i go oh she's black right so you can kind of tell you sense it in the room and you have like five minutes the most 
to really let them know that you know what you're doing. Mm. And after that, they're fine. But there's that still when you walk in a room, you can feel it and you have to cut through it. You have to know, you know what? Doesn't matter what you think right now. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do good by you. It's just crazy. Yeah, my goodness. That is <laughs> that is that is real. And I, I felt that with what you said, because I think all, all black people can relate. And that's one of the reasons why we're, we're talking about this on Post and Black. Um, we're looking forward to the film this summer. And is, is there a way that people can keep in touch with you? Are you on social media, LinkedIn, anything? I, I, I am on LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm not real good with my handle. I know, let me see, Bob, B-O-B-B-E-B-7 is my Twitter. Okay. Um, and ear to hear at math.com is my email. You can always reach out. Yeah. And LinkedIn, I guess, might be the easiest one for people. They can just yeah. always hit me up and friend me and then we can go from there. I, I love that an ear to hear uh, that's that's just giving off that's just giving off being open i love it um <laughs> bobby it, this has been amazing i, I really appreciate you joining us on a, a post in black and we look forward to, to keeping in touch and just hearing more about everything you've done so thank you again for joining us oh thank you for having me no no problem at all and thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of post in black be sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at post in black and make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel as well until next time, stay black.